Well, hey, good morning. Welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is awesome to be able to be here with you, to be able to celebrate all that God is doing in and through us, this community of faith, so that we can go into the world sharing with everyone we encounter the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Hey, if you're new here, I just wanted to say, whether you're online or in person, uh, that you're welcome here. We are excited that you have chosen to join with us, to be in worship and celebration together, to focus on God so that we can be made more like Jesus, so that we can go into the world. If you are new here, you're going to realize pretty quick that we are not perfect, uh, but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus Christ. And so we want to invite you on a journey with us to grow in relationship to God and relationship to one another so that we can go into the world sharing his love and grace with everyone we encounter. Uh, We have made it into February, uh, which is the season of love. Uh, You have to say it like that. You can't just say love. It's L-U-V, love. I don't know. I get Southern when I say it like that. I don't I guess my Texan roots are coming out. I'm not sure, uh, but it's Valentine's Day. And for, for many years, the way that I approach Valentine's Day, I, for those of you who don't know me, uh, I was single for a long time uh, after I was married for, anyway. Um, and so while I was raising my two kids, we had a rule about Valentine's Day. Here was the rule. I would get them Valentine's candy the day after Valentine's Day when it all went on sale. So happy Valentine's Day. I love you. You're precious to me, but let's go get the candy tomorrow. We'll get twice as much. Um, and, and here's what happened. I, told, I, I was married recently. Uh, it's been over a year now, so I'm a, an old hand at it. Uh, but I was explaining to her my thoughts on how Valentine's Day worked, and she was like, that is not cool at all. <laughs> so here's me saying, hey, if you have ever had, you know, as guys specifically, sometimes we do things and we're like, I really did that one right. Uh, if you've ever had a Valentine moment where you really did it right, come talk to me after the service. I would love to hear what it was so I can have my ideas, so I can share that, uh, so I can take credit for it. I'm not going to tell her, tell her y'all said it, but I'm going to do it and make a difference. Um, but Valentine's Day, just for all of us, is just, just a weird time, like not a weird, weird time, but it just seems kind of weird because it's just this one random day that we decide, hey, we're going to share with everybody, uh, maybe not everybody, those special people, uh, just how much we care about them. And it was based on, I don't know if you are aware of the history of Valentine's Day. Uh, it started by a guy named Valentine. Crazy. Um, and Valentine was in the church, and this is like in the 200s of the Julian calendar. Um, and he was, legend has it, he was martyred on February 14th, which is when we celebrate Valentine's Day. Um, February 14th, he was martyred for doing a wedding of Roman, a Roman soldier. Uh, now, Christianity was outlawed at the time, and so they, they really frowned upon this. And so he was, he was executed because he performed a wedding, uh, and that execution happened on February 14th. So now we're like, oh yeah, happy Valentine's Day. Somebody died so we could have a, f- a special holiday. It's great. Uh, the, the legend also continues that he would take violets um, while he was imprisoned waiting for his trial, and he would crush them up to make ink so that he could write to his friends and to those that were supporting him. Which is why, of course, the first flower of Valentine's Day was a violet. I don't know, did you ever get a, uh, a violet uh, bouquet? 
for Valentine's? Probably not because roses are a little bit more hardy um, and they live a little bit longer. So that's why we changed them into roses. Uh, but roses took over and then the chocolate came in and then Valentine's Day got a whole lot cooler um, because I love chocolate. That's my play, my happy spot. I don't know if you got that from the earlier conversation, uh, but that's really the whole, uh, the, this idea of Valentine's Day is that it demonstrates something that is difficult for us to share normally. I mean, we, we, we love our friends and family and spouse and things like that, but it can be hard for us to express that uh, all the time, not, not in a way that's meaningful. And so Valentine's Day gives us a way to express love, to say, hey, you're precious to me. Hey, you're great to me. It's not like when my daughter was in elementary school and they had to do a Valentine for everyone in their class, right? Um, it's, it's that participation trophy problem. Everybody's got to get a Valentine. No, not everybody has to get a Valentine. We, we want to send Valentines to express our love to people that are near and dear to our hearts. So how can we share our love and, and, and uh, do that. Uh, the best way, of course, is to buy into the media and buy diamonds or chocolates or whatever it is that you want to do to share your love. And, and, and the difficulty is that love, in the best sense, is just hard for us to figure out. It's difficult for us to navigate because it's a weird word. Um, in English, you can love so many things, right? I love French fries. I love coffee. I love Cheetos. I'm the only one in my house that loves Cheetos. It's okay, because there's always Cheetos for me. Nobody else steals them. I love my dog. I love the Chiefs, and I love that they're going to win the Super Bowl. I love organizing. I like, I like that y'all applauded. That's good. I love organizing things. I, I love sunrises and sunsets. I love my friends. I love my spouse. I love my kids. All of this with the same word. It's all the same word. I don't, maybe for you, you love French fries just as much as you love your spouse or even more. If so, we probably should talk after the service. Let me know. We'll we'll have a, we'll have a, uh, an intervention over French fries and I will tell you why, why that's not a great idea. Hopefully you don't buy French fries for your Valentine. Uh, Maybe that's your, I don't know if that, if that's the thing I should do. Uh, But love can be difficult to express. Love can be at heart, because love is something we innately understand, but we don't necessarily understand the best way to express it, or to share it, or to show it. And sometimes when we try to show and share our love, it doesn't come across the way that we have in our head. And so uh, we, we decided, what would it look like to make an entire worship series um, dedicated to the topic of love? Not, not love, uh, but the love that we have for God, the love that we have for one another, the love that we have for ourselves, and the love that we have even if we listen to Jesus and crazy pursue him, the love that we have for our enemy. Uh, We wanted to talk through what that looks like uh, because we understand that we love various things and to different levels, and we innately know English does not have those things as equivalent. We don't love our children the same way that we love, um, you know, sunrises and sunsets. It's, it's a different kind of love. And so we want to understand, specifically understand, what God is telling us when he says, hey, I want you to love me. I mean, the Bible says, love God 
Uh, Jesus says, love God and love your neighbor. Um, and so we look at, at uh, we want to look at what that looks like for us. How do we embrace that? What does it mean when we hear that? And how do we know if we're doing it right? Or are we doing it right? Are we loving God the way that God wants us to love him? What does that even look like? And most of you have heard that God says, love the Lord your God. But I, I wanted to read that. It comes from uh, the book of Deuteronomy. For those of you who are interested, Deuteronomy is part of the Old Testament. It's part of the first five books of, of the Old Testament, which are called the Pentateuch, or the, they are the law, the books of the law that Moses received on Mount Sinai. Moses receives this book of the law and, and presents them, the laws, to uh, the, the awaiting Israelites. And he uses Deuteronomy 6 to, to paint a picture of who God is. It says this, it's called the Shema prayer, um, but it's also, uh, and the reason it's called Shema is because Shema in Hebrew just means here. You see, it starts with here. So hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. In Hebrew, it's Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord, here it is, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments I give, that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames uh, on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Uh, this, this command is premium in the eyes of Jewish faith. Actually, the Jews take this very literally. They understand when God says uh, that you are to love me, and then he says, I want you to write these things on your hearts. I want you to write them on your arms and, and tell them to your children and talk about them when you go on the road. They take this seriously. They use these, these are called teflon. Teflon is made of wood, and it has a leather strap, and they wear usually, they, well, I can show you a picture of it. I'm glad you asked. Um, they, they wear it on their foreheads. Uh, and and y'all can think, well, that's one way to do it. Um, and they wear it on their arm, and they wrap uh, the, te the, uh, the leather throng around their arm so that they can be serious about it when they sa it says, hey, impress them upon your hearts. Hey, what's the closest I can get to inside of me? I'm going to put it on my forehead. I'm going to put it on my arm because that's what the command says. Now, teflon are hollow inside, and usually inside there is a scroll that is the Shema, and then whatever other little scrolls that they want to put in there for Bible verses for that. Uh, it says to put them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. This is a mezuzah. Um, the mezuzah is hollow on the back, and they put a prayer in there. And then they nail it to the door frames of their houses and to their gates. They take this seriously. They're, they're written on the door frames and on their houses of their houses and worn on their arms and bodies. When you go to, uh, if you ever get the privilege of going to Jerusalem, you go to the Wailing Wall, which truly isn't a wall for those of you that are interested. Um, Jerusalem is a, uh, it's the, where the temple used to stand. It's the part of the foundation that's still there. 
And so they go and they stand at the edge of the foundation and you'll see uh, the Hasidic Jews, those that are ultra-Orthodox with the Teflon wrapped around their arms and, and their, uh, on their foreheads and they're praying to the wall because it's as close as they can get to the temple, to the God that said to do these things. And so they take them super seriously. Uh, the, to the Jews, this command is key. Because it tells them first, there is one God above everything, and he is all alone in his divinity, and we worship him. And he says, the first command is to love God. And Jesus, Jesus says, absolutely. This is the number one command. Above all other commands, the number one commandment is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Jesus says this is the first and most important command. So if it's number one, then we need to get it right, right? It, it should be important to us to figure out how we live this out. How do we know that we're doing a good job? What does it mean to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength? I mean, I think that, that would be a great place to start. We're going to actually work through that very simply. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. What does it look like to love God with all your heart? This might be the easiest for us to understand because it's cultivating a deep relationship with God, a deep and meaningful, intimate, personal relationship with God so that we can have this intimacy, so that we can have closeness and connection. Offering your love to God and your desires to God, putting God first over everything in your life. To say, hey God, I want you uh, with me all the time. I want to bring joy to you. I want to live for you. I want to be changed by you. That is what Jesus, when Jesus says this is number one, this is why it's number one, because it starts in the heart. And then it moves to the soul. Love God with all your soul. Uh, for us, sometimes we can we, we have a little difficulty with this one, mostly because we understand soul a little bit differently than the ancient Jews did. We think about a soul in a very Greek way, that it's this thing that's also in us, like we're alive in the body, but there's also a soul. And the ancient Jews, the body and soul, they're interwoven. So when they say, love the Lord your God with all your soul, it's not this effervescent, uh, I just, I, 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 I go back to like cartoons from the 80s where it's just this floaty thing that goes up and plays a harp. It doesn't seem like a whole lot of fun. It's your entire being. It's your life, who you are. This is the soul that they are talking about. And when it says this, dedicate your entire being to God, your inmost self, your will and your choices. So one is your heart, your, your love, truly that emotional sense. And, and then with your soul, it's your inmost self. You're putting God before everything, your will and your choices. And it involves surrendering your life to God's plans, to his desires. And finally, love God with all your strength. I don't know about you, but when I first heard this, I was like, I got to pinch press the Bible. It's going to be great. Y'all can tell that I don't do that very often, so there, there you go. But that's not what, what they're talking about. The strength isn't a physical strength. It's the physical and material resources that each and every one of us has to offer God. Uh, it's, it's our talents, 
our abilities, our God-given resources, all of those things so that we can use them for God. And the truth is that loving God is a process of devotion, obedience, and transformation. That when we say yes to this, that we are inviting God into our lives in a way that, that will change us forever. It's a process of devotion, obedience, and transformation. You see, living out your faith in every aspect of your life is what God calls us to. Not live out your faith while you're around your Christian friends. Not live out your faith while you're around your church people or at church or around people that you think might view you better if they knew you went to church. But instead, all the time, live out your faith in every aspect of your life, allowing your love of God to shape your thought, your action, and your priorities to change you from the inside out. Interestingly, uh, if you notice this, since God inspired, God spoke to Moses, wrote the tablets, gave them to him. Uh, interestingly, uh, when God talks about it, he talks about it from the inside out. It starts internally at the heart, your internal being, uh, and then it moves to the soul, your physical being, and then it moves to the strength you have to make a change in the world, all that you can do. I, what we see is that change begins at the heart and radiates outward. And we understand this. If you want real change, what do we say? Oh, you got you to gotta have a heart change in order to in, in, in do real change. You decide in the new year, hey, I'm going to go to the gym every day. And that works for like three weeks. Why? Because your heart's not in it. We say things like that all the time. We understand that the change has to begin in our heart. And if we want this kind of change, if we want God to transform us from the inside out, if we want to be able to love God the way that God deserves to be loved, the way that God commands us to be loved, we have to take some steps. Take some steps in the direction of God. What can we do so that we can love God the way? And, and this isn't... Um, this is for me as much as it is for you. This isn't me saying, you guys need to love God better, right? This is us. We need to work on this so that together, all of us can be a part of this. Together, we can grow in this relationship. Together, we can love God more and more deeply, more richly, so that we can be the people that God has called us to be. So the first step is to cultivate that deep relationship with God. This is the very Sunday school set of answers, right? Prayer, worship, meditation on God's Word. Actually, I love meditation because for me, when I think of meditation, I think of that Eastern thought of you empty yourself of everything. And that's the exact opposite of what God is, has in mind when he thinks of meditation. It's meditate on God's Word. What does God's Word truly mean? How can I soak that in? How can I embrace that? And, and prayer is being present with God. How can you be in a relationship with somebody that you never ever talk to? How can you be in a relationship with somebody that you never seek their advice or, or get their input that you just expect that you know everything that they want you to do? Instead, prayer is this opportunity for you to be in conversation with God. And worship, I don't mean just coming as a group together to church on Sunday. I mean when you worship, living out your, your faith uh, in, in worship in all aspects, knowing that God is in everything and God is moving and God is in us trying to build us and, and shape us into the people that he wants us to be. That 
those three things, if we got those three things right, that would start that heart change. Second is with the soul, become dedicated to God. Serve God with your life. Receive God as your Lord and Savior. And when I say that, we really need to get that one right. To say, Jesus, you are my master. You are my Lord. And I will serve you in every way I can. Let your inmost being, let your, let your, your physical being be changed by God. Ask God to guide your decisions. And, and realize that God will say, hey, I think you ought to do this. And don't be afraid to do what God is suggesting. And finally, strength. Put God first in action. Put God first in your time. Put God first in your talents. Put God first in your gifts. Put God first in your service. And put God first in your witness. So that you can be living out the faith that God has given to you. And this is an extensive list. Like I said, it's not y'all need to do this better. We need to do this better. And, and it's hard. I mean, it seems impossible. How do I put God first in every little aspect of my life, especially for me, if you know me at all, you've heard this before, when I'm driving. Like when I'm driving, I'm, I'm very selfish because if you get in my lane, you should not be in my lane. My taxes paid for this whole lane for me. I should have an escort. Maybe I need an escort. Anyway, um, it's this extensive list, and it looks impossible. But the reality is we don't have to do this on our own. God has given us two things. One, he gives us his Holy Spirit and says, I'm going to give you my love through my Holy Spirit so that you can learn to reflect my love back to me. I'm going to give you my, my love, my Holy Spirit, so that it can start to work on you from the inside out. And then he gives us this crazy thing, the church, a community of people that are dedicated to God that say, hey, we want to be more like Jesus. And we come together to sharpen one another, to lift one another up, and to guide one another in the process, in this journey that we're going through. And so God shares his love with us so that we can learn to love him better and so that we can figure out how to do this. And it's the Holy Spirit working in us that's changing us. And through that, we can be made more like Jesus. We can live more like Jesus. And crazy, we can love more like Jesus. So let's do that together. Let's grow in our love of God and with our hearts and our soul and with our strength so that we can be the people that Jesus wants us to be. Amen? Let's pray. Holy One, we thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ and for your love for us. It is through your great love that we are made more and more into your image. And so we just ask, Lord, that you would help us to love you better. Help us in this moment by the power of your Holy Spirit and through your love, help us to be more like you. Help us to love more deeply. Uh, help us to live more fully for the kingdom and help us to be the hands and feet of Jesus so that we can share your love and grace with everyone we encounter. We pray this together in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.